All right, my friends, uh, welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 128. Episode 128 of The Informed Catholic. This is like my fourth attempt at trying to get this episode done. Um, I didn't get it on, done on time for Sunday. I managed to get the Ascension done. And... Uh, you know, sorry, I didn't get it done on time for Ascension Thursday. So uh, let's see if we can get this done. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers, brothers and sisters, to please pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, Kiri elision, Kiri elision. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. In the glory of God the Father, amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, guardian of the church and terror of demons, pray for us. St. Peter, St. Paul, St. John the Apostle, St. John the Baptist, Mary St. Mary Magdalene, and St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. All right, so the, this, these are the readings for the seventh Sunday of Easter, which is the last of Easter Sunday. Okay? So the first readings from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 15 to 17, plus 20 to 26. Peter stood up in the midst of the brothers. There was a group of about 120 persons in the one place. He said, My brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit has spoken beforehand through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who was the guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was numbered among us and was allotted a share in this ministry. For it is written in the book of Psalms, may another take his office. Therefore it is necessary that one of the men who accompanied us the whole time the Lord Jesus came and went among us, beginning from the baptism of of John until the day in which he was taken up from us become with us a witness in his resurrection so they proposed to Judas called Barsabbas who was also known as Justice and Matthias then they 
prayed, You, Lord, who know the, uh, the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic ministry from which Judas turned away to go to his own place. Then they gave lots to them, and the lot fell on um, upon Matthias, and he was counted with the eleven apostles. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Psalm 103. The Lord has sent has set his throne in heaven. Alleluia. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all and all my being, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Lord has set his throne in heaven. Alleluia. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so surpassing in his kindness toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he put our transgressions from us. The Lord has set his throne in heaven. Alleluia. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, all you his angels, you mighty in strength who do his bidding. The Lord has set his throne in heaven. Alleluia. For a uh, second reading is from the first letter of St. John, chapter 4, verse 11 to 16. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also must love one another. No one has ever seen God. Yet, if we love one another, God remains in us and his love is brought to perfection in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us, that he has given us of his spirit. Moreover, we have seen and testify that the father sent his son as savior of the world. Whoever acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God remains in him and he in God. We have come to know and to believe in the love God has for us. God is love, and whoever remains in love remains in God, and God in him. Alleluia, alleluia. I will not leave you orphans, says the Lord. I will come back to you, and your heart will rejoice. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 17, verse 11 to 19. Lifting up his eyes to heaven, Jesus prayed, saying, Holy Father, keep them in your name that you have given me so that they may be one just as we are one when i was with them i protected them in your name that you gave me and i guarded them and none of them was lost except the son of destruction in order that the scripture might be fulfilled but now i am coming to you i speak this in in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I give them your word, and the world hated them because they did not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than, than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. 
as you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world, and I consecrate them myself for them, so that they also may be consecrated in truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so now we went to the last week of Easter, the seventh week, and now we're heading towards Pentecost. And it's interesting that this uh, reading uh, deals with the shadow of the traitor Judas Iscariot, because uh, Simon Peter addresses the entire community by uh, bringing up that they have to uh, fill the empty office of Judas, uh, that void that was left. It's interesting that the uh, the priest at my parish um, kind of referred to Judas's suicide or him hanging himself as a, as a legend. Um, I don't know what it is. It seems like the modern day Catholic church really doesn't like dealing with um, directly with who Judas Iscariot is. I mean, the fact that he hanged himself, the fact maybe that he was a failed uh, apostle, that he was a traitor. Maybe it's because of the condition of the clergy today in the Catholic Church that there's very few who are faithful, very few that are conservative or orthodox, that many of them are pushing heretical thinking, heretical ideas such as same-sex marriage, LGBTQ uh, not, uh, agenda, the uh, idea of divorce and remarriage, giving Holy Communion to um, uh, you know, people who are in a state of sin, um, giving Holy Communion to uh, politicians, Catholic politicians who support gay marriage and abortion. Um, it's, it's obvious that Judas is, um, <laughs> is uh, a blemish that they want to go away. And he shouldn't be just a problem for the clergy. He shouldn't be just a problem for them. It should be also for lay Catholics, a warning to me, to you, to everyone. It should be a warning. Um, Judas was called a devil. Judas um, was called the son of uh, a perdition, the son of the son who's uh, lost. Judas is um, Judas is the one who decided to betray him for money. What was I mean? We're gonna we you know it, Judas is not an easy subject matter. He is not an easy subject matter. You can't figure him out. Why he did it? What was the reason he did it? I think. Ultimately, it deals with 
he didn't understand or he could not love God or he could not love Jesus properly. You know, maybe he could not deal with the reality of who Jesus is or Jesus' words. People who love, people who are very materialistic, I think Fulton Sheen said, usually avoid religion. And we're not talking about religion as in a human sense. We're talking about religion directly that comes from God. Because religion is about relationship with God. That's what the whole purpose of religion is. True religion is about relationship with God. Um, one of my friends, my co-workers, really did not believe that Jesus rose from the dead physically. He didn't really believe that Jesus ascended to heaven physically. He thought it was figurative language. And this is, this is true because Michael Voris in one of his vortex pointed out that this is not their fault, that people would think that way, that many Christians, especially Catholics would think this way because we've had 60 years of bad catechesis, a really terrible catechesis. Um, I mean, if you really want to see what the problem is, go to the Dr. Jordan Peterson and, and, uh, go on YouTube and you will see the discussion, the talk that Dr. Jordan Peterson, Peterson had with Bishop Barron. And you'll see how you'll see the problem. Jordan, Dr. Jordan Peterson admits he's not a theologian. He admits that he's not. So he has no stake in this, but he does point out that there seems to be a problem because his talks about the Bible actually outsell Bishop Barron, especially about among the non-religious. Because Peterson, I think his method is something that's very good. He approaches it like a psychiatrist, like a philosopher, and he doesn't try to tackle the theological. He mainly focuses it more on, in a sense, like philosophical and psychological. The flood as representative of crisis in one's life, crisis in a society. Um, you know, what will you do when the flood comes to your door, to your personal life? What happens when that crisis strikes you? What are you going to do? How are you, you know, what, what arc do you have? You know, um, what arc do you have? Um, what will, um, what will you do? Like say, like approaching, like say the serpent comes to your con to, to your, to you. What happens when you start having these, these urges to sin? What happens if these urges to, 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 to risk it all for some moment of pleasure, mo moment of temptation, moment of, of doubt, what happens? I mean, you know, he approaches it in a, in a very direct way, <clears throat> create, you know, you know, he approaches like say the sermon on the mountain, um, as the ultimate walk with God, as the ultimate, uh, way of coming to know God, uh, um, to think like God, to, to, uh, to think 
justly. Like he says, Jesus is the, is the ultimate, uh, prototype of a perfect person, of a perfect, per, you know, to, to think, to think above it all. He, he even challenges like the part about how people used to think Jesus was some kind of hippie. And he said, if you look at the words, he's not a hippie because everything in there really contradicts the hippie mentality. And he's right. But but someone like Bishop Robert Barron can't, you know, he admits it that they dumbed down the message because they felt that they could maybe, you know, that they don't that they they didn't want to frighten people. But Peterson tells him, well, maybe your problem is you dumbed it down to the point where it's not a challenge. They they dumped it down to the point where they made it into into a um uh a radical activism i mean i know i talked about this before in in another podcast but ultimately they've taken love and they humanized it too much where it's supposed to be reversed where god takes love and challenges it Okay, to love God, to love, it has nothing to do with feeling. It has to do with the mind, the will, and action. And the center core of it, when John says God is love, God is life. You're inviting him, you're surrendering your life to him. You're totally giving your intellect, your mind, your will, your actions your whole entire day, you're surrendering it willingly. And yet at the same time, he is not violating your will. He's not making you into a slave. Okay. The Muslim submits himself to God, but the Muslim never becomes a child of God. God never becomes a father to the Muslim. Jesus himself, when he said to Mary Magdalene at the resurrection, I go to my God and your God, to my father and your father, to my God, to my father and your father. He taught them already. He was preparing them all this time in the, our father, our father who art in heaven. He often referred to God as Abba, Abba, father. All right. None of it has nothing to do with the servant or slave mentality. Jesus himself said so. I, you are my friends. You are not slaves. A slave doesn't know his master's business. But then he tamed when he took it further. He called. He 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 said, "My father." He made us into a family. He went from father to family. That's what we are as Christians. We're family. Where which were God were sons and daughters of God, completely different. And Judas could not comprehend that because Judas could not give up this world. He couldn't give up this world materialistically. He understood only what this is right now: the, the material world, flesh and blood, stone and wood and iron. Okay, cold hard cash, food, water. 
that he understands, that he could comprehend. Sex is also loving this world, the physical part of this world. Is holding on to this world and only this world. And some people can't give it up. You know, that part in the wisdom of Solomon chapter 3, the, uh, you know, let us cover our heads with, you know, with route roses. Let's take our drink of this world. Let's take our fill for life is, uh, you know, short like a mist. Let's cover our hair with flowers. Let us take our fill of everything. That's the world. That's the way people think. You know, I mean, look at this. I mean, I was looking at a video of this attractive scientist who also does modeling and she wants to fight aging. But also when you listen to her TED talk, she talked about a sister who suffered from diabetes. People really fear suffering. And I understand that F suffering is terrible. I've seen my father suffer from cancer. I've seen him. I, and I lost recently a cousin in New Jersey who is Muslim. And it's sad. It's tragic. But that, that blocks people. I think, honestly, when you put, you know, it's good to use science as a tool to make, to, to try to bring healing. But when it becomes an obsession to think that you can get immortality, that you can actually fight death. What you're doing is you're, you're turning it into a corruption. Remember, the Nazis believed in science. Science is just a tool to do good. But when you try to fight the natural order of things like death and aging, now you've become God. And what will you do? You will not give yourself any limits. They, they, they cut people up. They tortured people. They did horrible things all in the name of science. And because they didn't, they thought they were above right or wrong or good and evil. That is a danger. When we, when, you know, because when you look at all these, I mean, yes, health is good to stay healthy, but what happens when you just start worshiping the body? When I listen to this attractive scientist and she's like saying, our bodies are amazingly powerful. Yes, it's amazing. You know, it, the human body is wonderfully made and it's made by God, but it's not the worship of self is dangerous. We are all going. It's interesting to the message that one of my family members put up when I saw the photo of my cousin who passed away was everyone must eventually taste death, you know, in this life. And that's true. All, all of us, even the son of God tasted death. Except he, 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 it could not hold on him. It could not, he, it could not keep him because he was the perfect person. He paid the price for our sins, but all of us, all of us will have to die. Those of us, Lazarus was erected, but Lazarus 
resurrected to this life. He wasn't resurrected to eternal life. Everyone had, all the apostles tasted death. All the apostles, all the apostles had to experience it. People have to remember that there is no way of stopping this. We're going to get old. We're going to get, we're going to get sick. We're going to feel the aches and pains. Our bodies are going to betray us. We have to, we have to realize we cannot escape it. And that's something that's very important. Judas Iscariot took his own life. He despaired. He thought he was beyond forgiveness. But the love of God, Jesus Christ, defeats the limits of death. He promised us all that we will rise again one day, and he promised us all a new heaven and new earth when finally every soul has finally reached the final, the final point, the final end. Every soul has finally heard the gospel and the universe finally reached its final end, the final chapter in it. We all have to accept that. So the best thing I can honestly say is, is that we have to, we have to accept the fact that there is evil in the world. And we have to accept the fact that there's also failure. Some Christians will fail to understand the message like Judas. And a lot of our bishops have to, have to detach themselves, like Jesus says, from the world. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. And we have to think out of the world. We can't accept and embrace trends. We cannot accept trends. Trends of the world is temporary. It's not a solution. They all have to realize they took an office and they are held in higher accountability. And all of us to a degree are held in higher accountability because those of us who are baptized, we must, we must realize that we, we have to be careful what we do with the gifts that are given to us. You know, we are all Christians and we have to preach the message. We can't lie to the world. We can't lie to our, to our friends. We can't lie to, to our, um, to, to, to the non-believers. We have to tell them the truth. We have to speak the truth and speak it gently, speak it directly. Don't water it down. Don't, conceal things from them we have to speak directly we have to let them know what the gospel is and we have to also let the world realize that tools like science must be used properly we have to you know we, we has to use has to be used properly it has to be it's a tool like a pencil like driving a car like a vacuum cleaner. You have to use it properly. Not, not play God. And we also have to realize that this is not the only thing. This world is not the only thing. We also have to correct our fellow Christians. We have to correct them. We have to help them to understand the gospel. 
we have to speak the truth. Okay, the love of God is the reality of God, the reality of God in our lives. We have to think correctly. We have to act correctly. We have to surrender ourselves to him and we have to ask him to help us, to give us the right words to talk to our brothers and sisters. All right, let's end it here and go to our final prayer. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty, I mean, it's, it's very frustrating, but, you know, unfortunately, it seems like a lot of times, like, it feels like it's hopeless, but it's not. Okay? I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. Born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. God bless, and I'll be back again soon.